Hello and welcome to That Band Life. I'm Jeff Young, a teacher from Carmel, Indiana. And I'm Bobby Lambert, director of bands at Wando High School in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. That Band Life, a podcast about making our careers as music educators more fulfilling so we can be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative. This week, we bring you eight tips for starting a successful year. It's kind of the dreaded time where it's uh, no more summer and time to get to band camp or back to school. And we've got eight tips for you to start off a great year. And DCI Finals was last night, and I can't wait to give a little bit of a recap. I'm no Michael Boo, but I will do my best. Uh, (laughs) Before we begin, I want to tell you guys about the Dynamic Marching Shop. Um, We've had some great orders coming in this week. Keep them up, everybody, uh, because this podcast is coming to you ad-free. And one way that people support us is by visiting that website, dynamicmarching.com. Uh, so anyway, I know that many times you continue to order your products from the same people every year, but if you look at our prices, you may change your mind. We even offer dis- deeper discounts on large orders. Uh, please give us a chance to win your business. Bobby, we are talking <laughs> about the beginning of the year. I must say I'm kind of depressed. It starts I, tomorrow. I know. I, I was reading last night. Uh, you know, I didn't go to DCI finals, but I was reading online last night, everybody watching and, and seeing that. At least it was a year of excitement with drum corps. You know, while we all kind of are dreading, you know, going back, those those back-to-school blues, the summer ended brilliantly with an amazing fun. Yes. You know, I had no idea until the last minute what who it was going to be. Okay, so Bobby, should I start out with the DCI recap since that just happened last night? Absolutely. You okay. were right, you know, right in the center of all the oh, action. So give us the, the fans. So amazing. View. Thank you, Steve Young, my dad, his friends at DCI. And we had like 45 yard line right up against the concrete below the, uh, the, the press boxes of such great seats. Uh, yeah. So we started watching cadets cause I actually went out to cadets visual warm up last night, hung out with my homies that I've taught with in the winter. And uh, then I snuck in for uh, ninth, ninth place. I thought the cadets uh, from an execution standpoint were really strong. There were some really neat moments. Uh, Bridge over troubled waters. The ballad was great. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it, man. If that's not, if that's ninth place, uh, I don't even know. Uh, right. I think this was the highest 12th place oh my show yeah. uh, of all time. Yeah. And I, in fact, I think Phantom was in 12th and I saw them in uh, uh, at BOA camp when they were there and and you know they had a lot of work to do but everybody was saying they were great last night so that isn't that so exciting that 12 groups are all just killing it that's oh yeah I mean if you look if you even go down to 13 14 15 you know there there's some incredible things that are happening there that you know 10 years ago would have easily been in the top 12 for sure uh, the, the cadets props were awesome. Uh, I think they each weighed about a ton and it takes oh about gosh. eight people to move them. So that ended up being a difficulty over the season, but man, seeing those huge props out there was really cool. The stairs. Okay. Eighth place was blue stars. I thought they marched really well. This was much better live. If you've seen it on flow marching, it's not doing it justice. Uh, I think, you know, it's got, they've got the, those unique, uh, outdoorsman outfits on and all that. And online, you know, I was like, I don't know. But when I saw it live, I just loved it. Yeah, like, I agree. There's almost too much to watch from a single camera point of view. Yeah. You've got to really be there and experience that show live to get the full effect. For sure. Yeah. I, Michael Shapiro's guard work, I always love. And Kevin Ford's drill. At Blue Stars marched really well. Uh, just 
really different drill and like drilly drill, you know, like some people right. do a lot of staging. They had some drill, some real right. drill. Um, Blue Knights were seventh place. Uh, I was talking to their drill writer last night at Basie's and I was just going on and on. I'm sure he was annoyed about, <laughs> he's like, all right, I got to talk to other people. <laughs> but I just kept telling him like, I was emotionally affected by Blue Knights. I don't know that a seventh place group has ever made me cry. Blue Knights made me cry last night. It was awesome. You know, one of their, their drum major, Daniel Belcher, is a DMI, a summer, summer camp uh, student of ours, and just an amazing young man who, if they played anything like his character and his heart, um, they won last night because this, oh. this kid is pretty incredible. His conducting was great. Yeah. yeah I didn't know his name, but um, in fact, my mom turned to me and she said, that's my favorite drum major right there. Yeah, he yeah. is. He is just and. As good as his conducting is, he's an even better human being. So awesome. um, really proud of them. And, you know, of course, their ranger is, is the same one for us at Wando with Jay Bocook. And, you know, Jay has been part of the activity for so many years. And to still hear him on the cutting edge of what's going on is just amazing. Uh, Boston was next. Connor said to me, my son Connor said to me at the end, I want this to keep going. I really want right. to watch more. And honestly, I couldn't stop watching McKenna Cook who I've known since she was a baby. I held her as a baby. My buddy Andy's daughter is just a rock star in their color guard, and they won color guard for right to be reasons. in oh, To be God. in sixth place and win a caption <laughs> is just incredible. But at the same time, you know, the, the distance between first and I would say even seventh, um, while the points may be where the points are as far as really is the distance between them that great, um, I would say no. no. I, not but like it, in the, yeah. Some yeah, years. it was just incredible to see every caption having a, a different winner this year, which I think is a first time as well. That was awesome. Yeah, Boston's drill was great. Their costuming was great. The book was great. Loved it. Loved it. Uh, next up was the Cavaliers, probably my favorite Cavaliers show in the last 10 years. I absolutely loved this show, and I didn't, I didn't love it in June. I liked it, uh, but uh, last night I loved it. And honestly, I love that snare guy, the one that's in all their advertising, <laughs> the guy with the awesome beard. Right. Because they're costuming, and then that, he looks like an ad for, like, the, the coolest barbershop in Nashville. I don't know. He's just so cool. <laughs> well, you know, having Michael Martin do your music and be a Boston Symphony uh, performer uh, doesn't hurt anything at all. And I love the fact that trying to bridge that gap between drum corps and orchestral playing um, because there are a lot of things that are very similar. So it's very cool to see the Cavaliers doing as well as they're doing with, quote, an orchestra guy arranging the music. And, you know, Michael's a very good guy and son of Freddie Martin and brother to Chris. Uh, you know, just an incredible, an incredibly good family of people. So we got to get all of them those guys well. on here sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I just love that. It was very cinematic. And the set was cool. That was awesome. Um, Crown was next. Uh, whoa, the first note. I yes. Mean, I, I watched, you know, a bunch of groups up until then. And then and then it was like it just hits you in the face. But it wasn't like an obnoxious split your hair down the middle. It was just like this clean boom right off the bat. And it was kind of cool because my BOA kids uh, in the in the summer symposium marching men got to do that opening with Crown. But. They're way better at it now. It's, it's so cool. <laughs> yeah, I think that the Jim Ott Award, uh, the Jim Ott Award, when they when they heard the first maybe four measures of Crown, were like, okay, that's it. Yeah, uh, we're good. Yep. 
we don't have yeah, to it's hear just all incredible. Of this. Yeah, yeah, it's it's incredible how year after year they can create those kinds of sounds and sonorities. Just amazing. And I, I kept watching Tyson. Tyson Harloff is in the group <laughs> yeah. this year, and I love that kid. He's just so cool. Uh, Matt's Matt's son. He was in the BOA right. band and some great years at Avon and really cool kid. But I was watching him because he's a really he's a really tall, broad shouldered kid. And he right. handled the the dancing that was in it really well. So good job, yeah. Tyson. Way to go, brother. <laughs> uh, drill was genius. I thought there was some really good drill moments in that. The ballad, the arranging, uh, I don't even know. I mean, you know, their 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 leg shape, their their foot timing, their marching this year, I thought was especially good. And and my dad uh, was a huge crown fan this year. So absolutely. Yeah. Well, they, they will always have something that will just grab you by the throat and captivate you for, you know, a nine, 10 minute show. It's just a, it's always a spectacle with them. You can always count on that. For sure. And, and then next up, Santa Clara Vanguard, uh, they were really loud and like not <laughs> bad sound way, but like, whoa, <laughs> they have right. a lot of volume. And, um, I, 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 I watched this little clip on Facebook the other day about some of the front with Michael Rosales and um, Lauren, um, one of their choreographers, and they, they were talking about the choreography and the baritones and the trumpets. But like, if you watch one individual student in the Santa Clara Vanguard, the amount of vocabulary that they're being asked to do is, is I think unprecedented, honestly, and they make it look easy. Well, I think it's, it's exciting when you see a group that wins one year and instead of kind of doing the same thing over again, they say, okay, let's stretch ourselves and do something else. And it, it'll cause us to grow and pay dividends down the road. I'm always excited to see a group do that, um, to not maybe play it safe and do what they've done, but to really kind of stretch themselves out and see, okay, where can this take us next? That's always thrilling to watch. Yeah, absolutely loved it. I wanted more. I wanted to go on for like five more minutes. Uh, a very sophisticated program. Bluecoats, I, I mean, what can you say? Everything from their branding to the musical selections to the, the singing parts that were in there to the colors, the colors of the uniforms. I mean, I, there's so many different colors of blue and everybody was slightly different. And so it kind of had this shimmery effect, like school of fish out there or everyone's kind of the same, but not the same. I thought that well, was I think when so people... When people heard, when I heard that they were doing a Beatles show, I think I relegated them to, okay, we've all seen that and done that before. But how, you know, to be able to take something as well known as the Beatles and put a completely new blue coats spin on it, which is, you know, very cool to say in and of itself. The blue coats have really created their own identity. You know, if you think back, uh, you know, what, five, six years ago, the blue coats were kind of in the middle of the pack. And, uh, you know, trying to kind of claw their way up. And now they've really found an identity, found a sound. Uh, and it's, it's just amazing to see there's some, so much more variety at the top of DCI. It really is anyone's game. And it, this one could have gone a lot of different ways. And it, you This know, could have easily at, been their show. I mean, <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, I mean, they went back and forth so much. Um, right. The Black Well, they ended up winning the GE Award, yeah. which is usually... A winner. pretty good indicator yeah. of how things are going to go. Yeah. yeah. The, that section with Blackbird, to me, I don't know why that spoke to me so much, but it was really special. Um, I heard an interview with Dean Westman last week, and he was talking about Doug Thrower. He, I think he said, 
that um, arranging this show was like a leisurely Sunday drive through Baghdad. <laughs> That's so funny. He always has he has a, always has a way of with words. Yeah, uh, I heard he's like, about you know everybody wants to hear the Beatles the way they want to hear it, and right, you know, it's a lot on your shoulders as the musical arranger to go. I got to make this perfect for everybody. But I would tell you that there's probably nobody better. I heard a couple of stories about Doug and uh, his love for the Beatles. Mm. So I I think that it was very much a labor of love for him of that. You know, I, I've thought about a million different ways of arranging this and what I'd like to hear. And here's the best of those. Yeah. Uh, and you could tell he killed it, it was unique. Yeah, it yep. was unique, but it was, man, it was spot on. It was still uh, reverent to what the Beatles are, but in a way that worked really well in, you know, 2019. And the visual design, their transitions are just so fluid. I mean, what transitions? Yeah. You know, I mean, like it just all kind of flows in and out of itself that. There's this bass drum transition between whatever and and the come together part. And I just was like, everybody needs to take notes on how that just happened. Right. It it tied everything together. It was awesome. Right. And then obviously Blue Devils, they won it. Their 19th world championship. Yeah. Uh, Their staging, their props, uh, just amazingness everywhere. Uh, I've, Obviously, I'm already drinking the Kool-Aid. I think Todd Ryan is, you know, he's a mentor of mine. I think from from a training of people and a visual standpoint, he's he's the dude. He's awesome. What's up, Todd? Um, but, you know, Connor turned to me and he said, is there a single flaw in this show? And right. I, like, I, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> somewhere. When Scott Chandler comes up with, uh, you know, I think that you, he's one of those people that I'd love to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to challenge you. Here's a, a grocery bag that I just picked up from Walmart, mm-hmm. and you have to create a show based on its contents. Yeah. And I bet he could win DCI with it. I mean, it, that's just a guy who he can take a, 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 a concept and an abstract one at that and create something that's thrilling, that's emotional, that's sensitive, that's touching, all from ghost-like. You know? yeah. And you look back to the other things he's done, I know that I don't get probably half of what he's trying to get across with that show. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Because you, you I, do get it deep down in your knower. You know, they yeah. say you know in your knower. Uh, right. Well, I know there are folks that are out there that are saying, oh, it should have gone. And, well, we should mention that, uh, you know, Blue Devils won high visual for that. And Santa Clara, we, we didn't mention that they had won the Fred Sanford Award uh, with the others. What I think is really cool is there, you know, everybody has their core who they want to win. And if you're an alum, it's hard to not want the best for your core. The thing that I'm, I'm finding really interesting is that, you know, if you, if you go to some of the online materials, there is an element of the population that's, you know, boy, I wish drum core was still what it used to be. And, and, and all of these things, I have to say that, you know, from being a teacher and seeing my students watch this and, and then grow from it, I'm pretty happy with where, where things are, you know, that it's not, they're not compromising talent or skill. Um, You know, the design is the design. Each core has its true identity and sometimes you like it and sometimes you don't, which I think is fine and good, but I think that they are really encouraging students and, bands, you know, at my level to say, okay, we, we've got to keep moving forward. We've got to keep trying to find what's next and what's new. 
I think we need to look at this more carefully and try to study what these groups have done because I've never had so many goosebump moments in one show in my life. You know, in watching nine in a row, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, I really liked that group. Well, and, you know, know, I got to tell you, if you watched uh, Crossman, um, from the first second, when their drum major walks through the tunnel, I don't know if you got to see that online. I was watching just even from the... uh, I was still in warm-up at that time. From the tunnel cam. Man, that's a spectacle in and of itself. One person captivating the entire audience um, with a call to to war. It's just... (laughs) The other thing that I love about it is... From from first to twelfth, there wasn't a kid on the field that was going through the motions. Like every kid was just full out, hard on their sleeve, giving everything they had, and that's that's exciting. That's not what it's always been. Um, so to see that going as deep as it is now, I think is just just exciting for all the bands, uh, all the students that are out watching that. You, you know, there's nothing to lose. Yeah, the, the, there was yeah, no so there was no I, kid in there was no kid in Phantom that was saying, "Well, you know, I guess we're going to be here tonight, so let's just sort of get through." Man, it was a stellar performance from start and, to finish. And also, there's hundreds of staff mem- members and students from 13th place through whatever place who were actually had a really good year too. And they're like, "Man, I wish we could have been in finals." But that's not taking anything away from some other great stuff that that that's that's in that range too. It was just a a really good year for drum corps. I thought, you know, attendance was really high. The hype was high. There were so many standing ovations. I think DCI is alive and well, and that's amazing to me, actually, because... I think what bothers people is there used to be a time where it was only one to three cores that were kind of in the thick or in the hunt for it every year. And now, it boy, it's not. Uh, it You could have gone six different ways probably more and a lot of different scenarios that could have come out of this and that's uncomfortable for some people you know if you're just like a a sports fan you want to see your team win all the time well that's that's not really possible anymore i think the days of a core winning all season long are all but gone yeah it's too hard it's just there's too many variables you know right you have this awesome drum line and that awesome marching and that design and a different design and apples and oranges. And it's like, right. And there's so many real music educators working with drum corps now. You know, right. It's not, it's not what it was in the seventies where, you know, it was a boy scout troop or, you know, or whatever, where people learn everything by rote and it's just different. Right. And I, not to take anything away from those groups, but I, oh, I, sure. But I think, right it what's the 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 demand of young people is different now. You you can't just say, "I'll ride a bus, I'll show up, I'll do this just for the love of music." There has to be a real gaining of knowledge and experience. This now, Uh, and the cores that figured that out first uh, have a little bit of a leg up. But now everybody's getting on that bandwagon. There's no longer a, you know, we'll just work harder than anybody else. Everybody's working hard. That's just what it is. They do it in different ways. You know, there's some that are so well organized that runs like a machine. And there are others where, you know, our talent level is this. And so we can be a little more flexible and more open to change. But I think all of that 
is what makes it great. If you come into to five different band rooms, and we'll even say the top quote unquote five bands from BOA, I think you'd, I mean, I've been to Carmel, I've been to Avon, I've been to Broken Arrow. Well, I've at least been to see them rehearse before. Uh, I've been to those other places and each one is very different, but yeah. very effective. Yeah. Awesome. I think that goes along with our, uh, you know, <laughs> back in the day, you and I put together a, um, total program success. And I think the crux of that idea was no one can tell you what it is. You as the director and with the program have to define what that is. And that's, what's exciting about DCI. Now the people are defining success in a lot of different ways. And I think a lot more, uh, maybe not a lot more, but there are a lot of people at the top level of drum corps that are not talking to the students all the time about winning. It's, oh, it's yeah. about, Hey, how can we move this audience? And I think Blue Knights is a great example of that. They might have been in seventh place, but they moved me to tears right. and to to jumping up out of my seat. And and then it happened over and over again for the next three hours. So right. Bring it on, drum corps. Right. Absolutely. So I can't wait it's for alive 2020. Well. Yeah, it's alive and well. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's let's get to this. You know, speaking of these great things at the end of a season, let's talk about starting a season and starting a year. And I've kind of come up with eight tips for starting a successful year. And, you know, it's one of those things, if you read the seven habits of highly effective people, one of the most important of those is to begin with the end in mind. And one of the things that really helps me to, to, to start my year is to think about the band banquet at the end of the year. You know, each year I kind of read, here are some of our uh, accomplishments and here are some of the things that we're most proud of. And we, that's, I can remember the applause that that garners from everybody. And so I like to start out the year saying, okay, would I want to add into anything to that list? Or what are the things we want to make sure we do again? And that helps me to figure out, okay, what do I need to start with? So if you're ready, I'm, I'm ready to jump right into this bad boy and get this thing started. Are you yeah, ready? Let's go. I, I will mention that I listened to um, uh, Dean Westman's interview. I, t- I talked about that earlier and he talked about his stop, right. start, keep uh, idea. And uh, I, I'm interested to see how that relates to what, what, what we're talking about tonight too. Oh yeah, absolutely. If you, if you didn't hear that, go, go check that out. He, you know, <laughs> first of all, Dean's one of the funniest guys ever. Uh, but he's also one of the most sincere and to think about where that orchestra program was before him and where it is now, uh, boy, that's, that's certainly some, some great information that's there. So number one is my biggest one. And I would say if you're waiting till now to do it, you may be a little behind, but it's wildly important to create a master calendar. Now that master calendar is going to go to students, parents, and administrators. And that's huge. We've got to remember that we're a business. And the students are our product, the parents are our investors, the administrators are the ones that kind of keep the lights on. They're the ones that maybe did the initial investment in us. And if they don't know what's going on, they can't come and support. So with that, think through the needs, uh, think through what needs to happen when in regards to reservations. Uh, you know, do you have to reserve the rooms? Do you have to do things like that? Uh, the buying of awards or anything that was missed last year. I'm really bad about waiting until the week before a final award ceremony to think, oh man, I forgot to buy those. So we actually put it into our calendar, our monthly right band on. director calendar to make that go. And I'm going to guess your master calendar started in like March of last oh, year. Oh yeah, absolutely. We, we started, well, I'll tell you, we start building it in February. 
And then March, we get everything in but our home concerts. And we have to wait a little bit for that because our theater is used by so many programs. They like to get all of the uh, requests first. And then we sit together like usually the last week of May to put those final home concerts in. But I, I always give out a, we call it our summer fall performance schedule. I put that out, um, I think that came out March 1st. So our parents and students know when our con or when our football games, when our summer rehearsals, band camp, you know, all those things, that comes out the end of February or the beginning of March, and then that final master calendar comes out usually in June or July. It's amazing how much that affects your whole year. I mean, I I look at that master calendar for our schedule and I go, you know, uh, can I go to you know, parents weekend at Indiana University next fall when Connor's a freshman. And I'm like, well, Mm -hmm. the band's here or they're doing that. And so a lot of what you do, even with your family and friends, revolves around that schedule. So you got to get that nailed down early. Well, I'll tell you, one of the other things that that we do is we kind of try to keep a tally of how many hours we're spending. Um, And sometimes if we feel like, you know, this was felt a little underprepared, so we want to add a couple of hours or this felt really good. Can we be more efficient and maybe take away a few hours? So we even do have a couple of weekend rehearsals where, you know, um, we actually have to plan for hurricanes. So we have a couple of Saturday rehearsals. Yeah, exactly. Everybody, I'm sure that for, like if I'm talking to any of our Midwest or, or maybe a little bit more Northern friends, some of you will plan for things in February, March, April that you know may be canceled due to snow. Uh, for us, it's the hurricane season in September. So each year I've been at Wanda, we've lost a week, usually around the middle of September. Oh. So I plan the year with that in mind. So keeping some of those things, some of those weather-related issues in there, just in the back of your mind, I think is really smart. Um, it's helped us out tremendously. So that's number one, creating that master calendar and sending it out. Uh, number two, and I mentioned this a little bit before, but I give it its own sp- special place because I've missed it so many times. It's bad. Um, Book all of the buildings and the rooms that you need. For us, we have to book our theater months out and a gym if we can ever get one. Uh, We also have to, there are other schools in our district that we can use and that takes a bit of an act of Congress to get that through. So yeah, so, and, and there's nothing worse than having an event and parents standing there waiting to find out that a group that only has maybe 10 people in it has the room that you need. And you have to take the band, the, the parents into the band room or something like that. So our marching band can never play in our own band room. Uh, just the winds. It's yeah. way too small for us. So yeah, we almost I have to that. split woodwinds and brass all the time. But yeah. Yes. And then yes. if you have more than one winter guard, a lot of people have an A guard and a you know, uh, a drum line and a, maybe even a JV guard. That's a lot of gyms to start filling up. Oh boy. Right. And uh, unfortunately with our school, we almost never get a gym and our band room can handle a small JV guard, but then you also run into our, our jazz bands. We have three different jazz bands that meet uh, and you start to just overlap quite a bit. So figuring out that jigsaw puzzle is best done now rather than next semester. So book all the buildings and the rooms that you need. So that's number two. Number three is book all the transportation you need for the year. Go ahead and make a list and get it to your bus company or your travel people, whatever that may be. 
that's one of the things that can slip through the cracks really fast. And there's no, I can't tell you how many band directors I've heard. They're sitting there on Saturday morning waiting to go to concert festival or to the local marching show. And the buses never show up. Come to find out they never booked the transportation. You well, can't also do people with like CDL licenses to drive the truck. You know, right. Or, or uh, you know, uh, any of the vans that you have to carry items in. Right. See, that's a that's a three to four week process that if you wait until three or four weeks before you actually need it, you're done. So that's that's such a big deal that I've seen young band directors and experienced band directors miss that because you you do all of the nitty gritty work. You get the band to play, you get them sounding good, you get them looking good, and then you forgot. It's, it's like forgetting the keys to your car. Um, so you've got to get that. That's number three. Uh, number four, and this is a big one that I think some people would argue with me on, but now that I've done it for about four years, I will never go back. And I set up the musical programming for all of my concerts and all the bands that I'm responsible for. Um, it can change, and I've been flexible with it, and I've sometimes said, well, here's here's a concert, and maybe our large work will be one of these two or three, but I want to go into the season or into the year with some big ideas. And, you know, some people would argue me because they want to wait and see what the band is like. Um, for me, I kind of know what the kids are capable of, but I often find that I underestimate them. And whenever I set a good challenge for them, they always rise to it. So I really go th- go through it and say with our top band, you know, now that we're doing Midwest, we, we set up that concert a long time ago. But we've already got kind of the, the program set for after Midwest as well. And then I do the third band at Wando, and I, I, I would say that of the, you know, the hundred percent of the concert literature we're doing, I've got about seventy percent of that laid out right now. So go ahead and start now, today, before school begins, or at least in that first week. Go ahead and make a list of what you'd like to do. I think that's really intense and really important. And keeping up with that for the years to come is a very big deal. I'm really excited to hear the process that you keep going through with that, with the Midwest thing. So I'm sure we'll hear more about that in the next few weeks. Yeah. But, you know, oh, yeah. even if you're Absolutely. not preparing for something like Midwest, uh, there's a lot of people preparing for Illinois music educators or California music educators. And so they want right. they, they want the, these challenge pieces, you know, in front of their peers and, and these conferences. But you also have to have a great spring concert so the parents right. and students have a good experience there. One of the things that I found as a band director early on is I would program things I was most comfortable with, maybe something I'd played before, and I didn't take into account the audience nearly enough. And what I do now is I really try to say, here's the centerpiece of our concert, and then everything goes toward that and away from it. And that's that's helped tremendously in just thinking about the palette of the people that are listening you know, everybody talks about maybe think of it as a meal and you've got to have the steak, but you also got to have the mashed potatoes and the salad and all that. Um, and it, it is similar to that. But I think just thinking about the way a movie works or a way a great book or a TV show works, figuring out here's the here's the turning point of what's going on. And then the action leads up to that. You know, you grab their attention at the beginning. Programming for any kind of concert is a big deal. And I think you at least can figure out okay, here are three pieces that would work as our cornerstone piece, and then let's figure out how things go around that. Now, does so pep, that's number does, four. Does pep band, you know, does that, are you talking about programming for pep band too? 
Well, yeah, absolutely. Because, uh, you know, for some people, like they're going to be eighth graders in the football game, that that may be the only time they hear your high school band play. And if you're playing something that they don't get and something that sounds or that doesn't get a reaction from the crowd, uh, you're you're in a world of hurt. So we yeah, actually I mean, you can't we just focus on Wind Symphony One or you know whatever. You got. <laughs> right, it's everything too. that you're doing. Yeah, it's it, absolutely you know it from the uh, from the pregame literature that you do all the way up to okay. We, we played. Unfortunately, I remember one year at Wanda we had only about three or four pep tunes uh, because I just hadn't paid that much attention to it, and the kids are even like. Um, can we just make something else up? They get bored. Do we have to play game. Macarena again? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, like, hey, baby works really well <laughs> once or twice. None when of you play these kids about, these days have heard that song for real. <laughs> oh, see, yeah, exactly. But our, our kids go nuts for it. But again, it's, you know, after about the third time, it's sort of like, hey, hey, baby. <laughs> I mean, they're done. They're, they're yep. over it. Yep. So think about the musical programming and make sure that you're you're making sure that the kids who are playing it get a great experience as well as the people who are in the audience. Uh, and you can do it. It's hard, but you got to think about it. Number five, create goals for each month or each semester and place them in strategic locations. Um, I know that sounds a little bit strange, but on my board in my office, I'll say like, we want to sight read better. That was one of our goals last year. And for us, it was a rhythmic thing. Um, this year, it's probably a little bit more of musical independence. We're doing a lot more chamber music in our younger bands than we have. Well, we, we started it What last. do you mean by that? So we have always done chamber music in our top two concert bands. And we really start, I, I was always afraid to let the third band do it because I thought they're too young. They, you know, they'll just go out and goof around. And man, they did not at all. They were pumped. To get to do that. Now, I think we introduced it the right way. We really made it a privilege and a side of maturity in the bands. It wasn't just a random thing. Here, go play in the hallway for 10 minutes. It was, we really planned it out. And now all of our bands, all four of our concert bands do work with chamber music. And we waited until the second semester last year. And we won't make that mistake again. So let's do a whole podcast on that. I'd like to hear yeah. more about that. Yeah, that's a big topic when we go out and, and do things. Uh, I'm so proud of our chamber music program at Wando, and I, there's no the the coincidence there's no coincidence in the success of our concert and marching band, and uh, the success of our our chamber program. So well, can I can I brag on our course a little bit? Yeah, um, you know, Bobby and I sat down for a full year and planned out this course that we released uh, called Total Program Success, and. I think what I love about it the most is not what we did, but what our students have done over the years and, and all the emails we've gotten over the years saying, I know that I'm supposed to do a plan, but I, I, ne I never knew how to do that more than like what I have to do right now. And I think what, what the total program success videos and courses do is they make you sit down and go, okay, do this right now. Okay. Plan out. Right. Here's here's all the stuff I have. Here's all the stuff I want. Here's all the stuff I'm doing. Here's all the stuff I want to do. And I think um, everybody would benefit from just checking that out because it's 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 not about what Bobby and I came up with. It's more about hey, all we did is we're laying out for you how to how to organize your organization. 
you know? Well, and having to do that, I mean, I saw so many things that grew for me. Um, I, I would say this, I have, I am never at a place at the same place of my program. And here's what I mean by that. If like right now I am in September and October pretty strongly with my day to day actions, like my August things, like getting the drill, getting those things, all that, that was done in June and July. Um, I'm now planning the, the October travel and the November concerts and our, our groups that are coming in to work with, or our clinicians coming in to work with us. I'm in that phase of the year. If you are in the same week as your band program, that's, that's a problem and you can Big never time. enjoy it the right way. Yeah, absolutely. So those goals, I have the one musical, the one program goal, and then one personal goal for what's going on. And I just kind of have those. Actually, I have them on a, an index card that I carry with me. My musical one, the program one are up in the office, and the kids know it too. The personal one is just for me, and I, I leave sure. all the directors out to figure out what do you want to do. For most folks that I talk with, it's spend more time with family. That's great to say. If you don't plan the schedule now, that will never happen. Yep. So I think when I'm talking about all those things up to number five, it's basically how can you spend less time doing the things that you hate to do? Okay, That's so let's just review for a second. So number one, create a master calendar. Absolutely. Number two, book all the buildings. Yep. Number three, book all the transportation. There you go. Number three, musical programming for all number the concerts. That's number four. That's musical number four. Program yep. for all the concerts. Number five, create goals, musical program, and personal. So what's next? Okay, so the next thing you want to do is create a, a communication schedule and some templates that will go out every week or two for the parents and the students. So like with mine, I go through the school and the band calendar for each of the, usually it's about 30 weeks of the year. And I'll just put at the top, here are the things from the calendar that I want to make sure that they know. And I just make a different Google Doc for every week. And then all I have to do is, is cut and paste or fill in some things that will go for like, here what the concert band's doing, here's what the marching band's doing, here's what the parent information needs to be. And I want to keep that to only one page, but I go ahead and set those up so that on Sunday afternoon, I can just fill in some blanks and hit send and it's done. And I can't tell you how many parent emails I have avoided because I've done those parent communication uh things every I do it every week but so so next year you'll just pull up that week and say, that's exactly you know, right how do I, I I think Dean talked in that podcast about his stop start keep idea where what do we want to stop doing what do we want to mm -hmm. start doing what should we keep doing um, and so you can look at each of those weeks and go what, what should we drop from this you know what's going to be right. brand new that we need this year or and you can even involve your students in that right I've, I've loved it because I've done it now. This is year three for my doing that. And the templates are so much built that, I mean, you're going to spend X number of hours communicating with parents. I'd much rather do it on my terms and on my time than, you know, to get the force of here, 10 emails asking what time we're supposed to be at the concert tonight. Well, what, and the good thing too, is you can train them to get to look at those so that once they see it, it's great. Nothing's better than getting a Facebook or a, a, a public question of, well, I never heard what time we were supposed to be there. And another parent chimes in and says, well, it was in his weekly email. It's here. 
that parent conflict is completely shut down and you didn't say a word. Nothing better than that. So get that communication schedule set up. Number seven, make a list of fundamentals you wish to address throughout the year. Now, this is different from goals. You know, it can be part of it. But for me, we usually have like um, timing, tuning, uh, tone, technique in touch. We have some of those big kind of cornerstones of our program. And each year we sort of start to hear where the kids are and say, okay, this year we need to work on this fundamental. So every week I want to hit that fundamental. We're talking about something that every week you're going to touch just a little bit on. Last year for us, it was sight reading. Um, This year, I think it's probably going to be a little bit more, uh, like I said, musical independence. So being a little bit more in touch with the music yourself. Um, We'll we'll see where that goes. Something that's really hard for a young teacher. Oh, it, wow. it, there's one thing to go through methods classes and to have come from a great school and all that. But when you're a young teacher coming up with that list of fundamentals that you specifically and, and actually within your program, this particular group in particular, you know, that's a, a real skill you have to develop, develop over time. What I think also gets in the way of, of many directors is they won't stay committed to that one fundamental They'll get to around October and it's too important to get to the first band, the marching contest on time or the, you know, get that. But I would submit that we, we spend too much time on small wins, whether rather than big wins, you know, we've, we've got to sound good at the first contest. Well, sure. But if you get the fundamentals right, you'll always sound good. Even if it's maybe not exactly what you wanted, but you can, you can do that without the panic later on. So I would just encourage people to, you know, have that fundamental that for this year, this is what we're going to do every single week. And you will be amazed at how much it, it takes that long to change the the culture of a program on fundamentals. So it's almost it, like it's, with, with each group and with each new year, you start with kind of your baseline of your te- teaching progression and your normal fundamentals. And then you go, okay, what what is the unique challenge for this group this year? Right, exactly. And if you don't know, spend the first two weeks figuring it out. Have them sight read. Have them play technique exercise. Have, have, have them play corrals. And whichever one, a good way to, to figure it out is go back to last year's concert festival tapes and see if there's something that they said more than any other. And I think that that can be useful too. Absolutely. So that's number seven. Here's our last one. I can't express this enough. Communicate, communicate, communicate. Um, you know, communicate with your students and staff all the wishes and that you and 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 see where they land on them. You know, like for us when we did sight reading last year, uh, the kids weren't too excited about that because they don't love sight reading or they didn't love it. And I kept talk, talking to them about the advantage. It took a long time to get them on board with how important sight reading was, but when we finally did. It was because they found some success in sight reading. Nothing breeds motivation like success at something. So just keep communicating with the students and the staff. You are the director, and you're, that's, that's really the one unique job that you can't give to anyone else, and that's you know, steering the ship. Um, so find out from the kids. Do they agree with it? Do they disagree with it? And how badly can you make them want the same thing? You have to be you have to be the parent in this. You know nobody likes getting uh, shots for immunization, but you as the parent have to make that decision. 
So sometimes they may not love what you're asking them to do and what you're asking them to focus on for an entire year, but you are the director. And that that is kind of the one job that I would say you can't delegate to anyone else the direction of the program. So, but make sure that you communicate exactly what that is so that everybody can be on the same page. Well, that's awesome. I'm not extremely excited about starting tomorrow, but I'm also excited. And I think everybody can relate to that. It's you, you love your summers and you love as part of this profession that everybody loves, but you know, eventually we start again and on Thursday of this week, it's going to be like, okay, yeah, I know how to do this. Yeah, let's do this. Right. I think the thing that, that does keep me coming back for more is each year, especially, you know, going through the summer rehearsals that we've just all kind of come through. It's things that I had hoped for five years ago from Wando are only now starting to come to fruition. That's why I, I, I hate it for directors who don't get to spend very long at a school because it is a it is a slow arduous process greg bim i believe it was said that greatness uh, often comes in small uncomfortable moments uh and that that is so wildly true it it takes so much time to really get in the hearts and minds of a community much less a community of young people and get them to start to w- want the right things for musical and personal success. But when you do, when you can spend the amount of time, I think for directors who have been there for one to three years and they're saying, I'm just fed up with this. I hear you. I completely understand, but I think it's almost like raising a kid. You know, they may be able to do a lot more things than they at three than they could at one, but they still can't do. They will be able to do at six. And then again at nine, again at 12 and 15. Uh, if you can see a band program, especially with you at the direction of it as an infant, it becomes a lot easier to understand. Okay, well, I've been here for two years. Well, at the at two, a kid can walk and not much else. <laughs> Patience is really hard. <laughs> I mean. uh, completely, completely. And that's where you have to go back to why am I doing this? Well, Bobby, if do you have is, any homework for people this week? <laughs> well, and that, that would be it. I think that for people to remember why you do what you do, because it's a thankless, you know, we, we, all, we always talk about that. It's a thankless job for the most part. It's hard. It's, but for me, I didn't get into it to be thanked or to win stuff or whatever. I love to see young people find some of themselves in music. And, when, and I get to do that pretty often. So I would just remind people, figure out the process. Yeah. Like, why are you doing this? And keep remembering that over and over because it gets hard. All of us are going to have that uncomfortable parent communication or administrator communication or something. And just remembering, this is why I do this. Not for the accolades, not for the trophy or whatever, but gosh, seeing that daily interaction with kids. And when that starts to become less substantial to you then there's something that you have to start thinking about i would love to hear our our audience and and what their why is i think that'd be really cool so if you get a chance this week um, on our instagram or facebook or wherever uh, drop us a line you know this is this is why i'm doing this This is why i love being in that band life i think that'd be really cool 
Absolutely. Well, everybody, thanks so much for listening to us. We hope you have a great start to your year. I mean, it's I think it's going to be a really exciting year for all of us. I just can't wait. So we hope you get a great start. And thank you so much for tuning in and giving us a part of your day. Yeah, thanks for listening. And until next time, I'm Jeff Young. And I'm Bobby Lambert. And this has been That Band Life. Oh,